Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Welcome to season nine of the Anchored by the Sword podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today to hear the freedom story of the person being interviewed and learn how they became more anchored to God and to his word. I pray that you would be able to glean something off of their story today, even if it isn't your individual story. God bless and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Anchored by the Sword podcast. I am joined today by Hannah Shimmerhorn, and she has a new book that's actually out now uh, called A Single Life to Live, and it just came out today. So I'm really excited to talk with her about it and for you guys to hear her story. So Hannah, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Absolutely. Can you tell my listeners more about yourself? Yeah. So as just said, I wrote a book called A Single Life to Live. Um, And my book is really about how to be happy when you're single. Mm -hmm. And I wrote this book after a long journey with my own singleness. So in college, I was engaged and thought that I was going to get married. But just a couple months before I was supposed to get married, I uh, found out some things about my fiance that he was really struggling with an addiction much worse than I knew and had kind of covered some things up. um, And he admitted to me just how bad it was. Mm -hmm. So we tried to make things work. But then one day he just told me that what he was doing was not a sin and that it was my fault that I had a problem with it. So I finally got some clarity on what I should do with the relationship after I'd been praying a long time about it and realized that I should not continue it in it any longer. Mm -hmm. Um, So just a couple months before I was supposed to get married, my wedding was called off and I became single, which I never thought that would happen again. I never thought I'd have to date or even think about that or any of those things again. So I was pretty horrified that that was the season I was finding myself in. Uh, So I kind of started in that place and I was just very upset about it and really, really struggled with being single. I did not want it in any way, shape or form. Uh And then over the course of many years, God kind of changed my heart to one day realize that I was still single, but I was super happy instead of being single, being, you know, sad about it or things like that. I'd really like had a change in my heart of, you know, I'm single, but I really like my life and I'm happy where I am um, instead of being bitter. So I decided to sit down and write all the things that had changed my mind and changed my heart because I thought if I knew this stuff when I first became single, I would have been a lot happier and in a lot better place. So that's kind of mm-hmm. where the idea for my whole book came. Um, Um, And yeah, now it's coming out, which is super exciting for me. (laughs) Wow. And thank you for sharing um, parts of your story. Um, 
that couldn't have been easy to call off the wedding that close to yeah to definitely everything not. you went through yeah yeah definitely not I f- it it was something I definitely had to work through for a long time and still every mm-hmm. now and then things come up where you're like oh yeah this happened and I feel weird about it or you know work through it but yeah mm-hmm. it definitely uh worked for the good God used all of that to make something good out of it which is awesome to see won't he do it mm-hmm. so you wrote your book as like uh a guide for other people who are going through the same situation well, I shouldn't mm-hmm. call it a situation because singleness is not a situation. It's just <laughs> what we, what we're going through. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's so definitely a lot of struggles. Yeah. In singleness. So yeah. Working through all of those hard things that come with being single. Mm-hmm. Why do you think the church doesn't address singles the same way they address married people? I think that's a good question. I think there's a lot of facets to it too. I think many times, you know, it seems easier to push people into marriage to avoid things like sexual temptation and things like that. So it seems mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, it'd be really good just to get married because that can help ease some of those sins that can really creep in. But I think sometimes maybe that's pushed a little too much um, mm-hmm. because if you can't control your sexual desire when you're single, it's not going to be good when you're married too. You still need to, you know, be able to control that and and mm-hmm. be loving toward the other person you're with and things like that. So I think some of it may be rooted in that. And honestly, I don't know if some of it is just rooted in people are bored and, you know, they're like, oh, this person's single. We want to change their status and, and, you know, like try to set them up and do things like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's very fascinating. But what I have seen a lot is, you know, there's many sermons on marriage. There's many, you know, different talks or things you can go to conferences, all of that. But then when it comes to singleness, there's really a lack of things more stuff is happening but for a long time there's just not been a lot there's rarely a sermon you know committed to singleness completely and I think a lot of that comes from too that like Paul talks about singleness and everyone wants to go to Paul and that's the common thing but if we look in the Bible there's so many other examples of singleness and encouragement Mm -hmm. for singles so I think it's just a lot of times like here's the common thing here's what Paul said let's go off of that but what I found is there's other examples of single people in the Bible that are very, very relevant to our singleness today. And then just obviously the entire Bible is relevant. And if you're looking at it through the singleness lens, you can see and glean a lot that's really applicable to what you're going through in every single stage of it. So I think sometimes it's just maybe intimidating to talk about singleness because it's such a big thing to chew off and try mm-hmm. to take on. But you know, the more we have open conversations about it, I think it really helps to figure out how we can help people um, right. and support people who are single. Right. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. And one of the examples in the Bible is Jesus himself. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about big his. one. Big yeah, <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about his part here. Yeah, so Jesus is a great example of a single person because he's Jesus, obviously, so that just kind of trumps everything. Um, But he went through just so many things that are applicable to us being single in our modern day, too. So Jesus, I think one one part of his story in the Bible that really stuck out to me when was when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and mm-hmm. he prays to God asking, is there a different way for me to, you know, pay for the sins of the world? And God mm-hmm. 
God says, no, you have to, you know, die on the cross and do these things. And that story struck me a lot because God told Jesus no to, you know, what he was asking. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. I think as singles, we are praying, you know, God, please change my relationship status. Why aren't you doing this? And God is saying no, or maybe he's saying wait, but we don't know that. Um, and you know, we're not the only people that have gone through that. Jesus has gone through that himself. So he knows what we're going through and Jesus is just, has gone through that. He is rejected by so many people every single day. So he knows what it's like if you're going on date after date and being rejected and not finding anyone and just getting annoyed, like Jesus is personally being rejected constantly. So he understands that too. Mm -hmm. And then of course, just he, he died for us because he loves us so much, Um, so another big lesson from him is that, you know, we shouldn't view ourselves as being single. We should view ourselves as being loved by God because Mm -hmm. that matters so much more to who we are as people. And I often would associate negative things with being single. Like I'm not chosen. I'm not loved. You know, I'm not special, but Mm -hmm. if we see ourselves through the lens of Jesus, of we're loved by God, look what he's done for us, all these things, then it's, oh, I am chosen. I'm loved. The God, Mm -hmm. you know, who is the most powerful being cares about me and knows what I'm going through and and cares about that. So it really changes things, I think, for singles to focus on that. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great perspective. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that will definitely help somebody because that is a really, really great perspective. And one of the things that you kind of touch on, you touch on in your book, and I'm thinking of a specific example from a movie because that's how my brain works. I'm remembering the movie Bride Wars. Okay. And I don't know if you've ever saw that movie. Yes, a long time ago, though, so I'm trying to remember everything there. <laughs> I can well, you've got the cover of it. Yeah, the two main characters are best friends, getting married, all the things. They're um, And they go into um, this woman's office, played by Candace Bergen, and she's, she comes out and says that you have not fully, you're not alive right now. You're actually dead because you're not married. So, and that your life doesn't start until you get married. And, um, let's, let's, let's knock that down right now. Let's go ahead and knock that right down. Cause number one, I will say, no, no, you right. just have, you have all new things that come up when you're married, but yes. let's go, go ahead and knock that down for us. Yeah, I actually recently was reading A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis, and Mm -hmm. that is about him losing his wife and then kind Mm -hmm. of working through that. And he makes a point in, in the book about like something along the lines of if marriage and relationships were you know, what made us whole, then why do people still search for things after they're married? If mm-hmm. it actually made us whole, then people would no longer be trying to advance in their careers or their hobbies or this or that, or still trying to find fulfillment because they should be completely fulfilled in marriage. So even just from a worldly perspective, that doesn't make sense. Um, otherwise, people would just stop when they get married to and everything and they'd be like, I've got everything. I'm 100% happy. Um, and I don't know anyone who got married and I mean, maybe they're happy but they're not you know everything is not perfect just because of marriage or things like that so it doesn't make sense from that perspective and then you know from a Christian perspective definitely not there there's nothing in the Bible that says you're better because you're married in fact Paul says that it's good for people to remain single so God definitely views single
singleness and marriage as both good things, you know, Mm -hmm. not one better than the other, not that you're elevated because you're in a relationship or married. So, you know, God doesn't view you as being better if you're in a relationship or if you're married. So there's definitely not that. And a lot of times when we're trying to feel whole, it's because we're just searching for something, you know, to fill that hole in our heart, which only God can fill. We're trying to have someone, you know, who's going to make us feel loved or happy or things like that. But people on earth can do that, but they can't do it the way that God can do it. And he can do it so much better than anyone we would ever find or marry or things like that. So yes, marriage is definitely a blessing, you know, that is for some people, but singleness can also be a blessing for people too. Um, one does not make you whole (laughs) for sure. Right. There's just nothing, nothing behind that. I think that's people searching for something. And when they, you know, don't have it, they think, oh, if I have this thing, then I'm going to feel whole. And that's easy to do with relationships. So I think that's a lot of times where that wording comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't think people can honestly say it after they're married. Like I am whole now. (laughs) I, I don't think anyone could honestly say that. So yeah, it's a strange, strange amount of strange kind of phrase we've been using very commonly in society. <laughs> well, and I think that too, um, like you brought up that, especially from a world perspective, it's like you're you're walking around like, they, I don't know, and some people, even Christian realm and everything, people just think you walk around aimlessly and then you have that moment and you're like, okay, this is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with and this is going to complete me like Jerry Maguire right. says, or like in that movie. Um, but you're right. It's God who completes us, not another person. Another person was not designed to do that. Like they can't carry that burden and it's right. not right. right. It's not right to put it on them either. Right. And I feel like if you have that perspective and you do end up getting married, you're going to get there and feel very empty when you actually get there because you haven't been putting, you know, your confidence and your trust in the right thing, which is God. You're putting Mm -hmm. it in another person. And no matter what, the other person is going to fail you. They're not perfect. They're not Jesus. So they can't fill that hole. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So you talked about Jeremiah in your book. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how you brought him up and how you hope that'll help somebody. Yeah. So Jeremiah is a bachelor in the Bible. God actually told him to stay single because there was so much bad stuff going on around him that he didn't want him to bring children into the world to experience that. So that was kind of fascinating that God actually told him you should be staying single. Um, I feel like most people would not like hearing that from God. (laughs) Right. Jeremiah still did very, very great. Um, despite everything he was going through. So he was in a time where he was supposed to tell people that they were sinning and try to, you know, have them turn back to God from all the bad things they were doing because there's just so much idolatry and all sorts of bad things, priests and everyone just being against God. So it was Mm -hmm. his job to make people uncomfortable and tell them you're doing this stuff wrong and God's going to punish you if you don't repent and if you don't, you know, turn back to him. And as a result, people hated him because they didn't want to hear that message. So Mm -hmm. they did everything from putting him in solitary confinement to, you know, the church leadership being against against him to putting him in a cistern to just die like sinking into the mud just like terrible Mm -hmm. thing after terrible thing his hometown tried to kill him it was just really bad so jeremiah has what i would consider to be one of the loneliest lives i have Mm -hmm. ever heard of Um, and especially lonely in the fact that the people around him were rejecting him i think there's you know a difference between loneliness when you're alone
alone by yourself and loneliness when other people make you feel lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was really facing that extreme. But despite going through all that, he just had these honest conversations with God of like, I am struggling with this and this is really hard. And, you know, why was I even born to experience this and things like that? But God responds to him and it gets Jeremiah to the point where he can say, you know, God is with me always like a mighty warrior. And then some of the Bible passages that always come to my mind, like I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in a future. Um, We have these beautiful passages that come out of Jeremiah experiencing all of these things. And Mm -hmm. he was able to persist because he knew that God was with him through all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just very, very encouraging that, you know, in singleness, we can feel super alone. We can feel lonely. We can feel rejected all the time by people around us, but God is with us just like he was for Jeremiah. And he's going to get us through these things. You know, Mm -hmm. he is what we truly need in all these situations. So Jeremiah was a good example to me of that. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, when you're having those feelings of feeling rejected and um, just kind of sitting there going, "Eh, now what, you know, those kind of situations, what verses keep you anchored? Oh, there's a lot of them. I think it depends on like the specific thing, but I think, you know, the Jeremiah passage, I know the plans I have for you. Like I just said, that one is very good because it's like, even though you're rejected now, God has a bigger vision for everything that's going on. So this rejection will probably, you know, lead to something different later, which we may or may not see, but God's ultimately allowing this to happen because he has something better for us. So I think just any passages like I've loved you with an everlasting love. Yeah, I know the plans I have for you. Surely I'm with you always. All the things that just remind me, God is here with me. He cares about me. He knows what I'm going through. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of them that really sticks out too is when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Mm -hmm. And he knew he was going to raise Lazarus, but he still wept despite knowing that this happy ending was coming because he cared about what people were going through in their pain. So in rejection, Mm -hmm. God still cares about what we're going through. He's not just like, oh, I'm going to work your life out. So don't worry about it. Like he's actually there mm-hmm. with us caring. And then he's going to like work things out too. Not that we'll know what that is exactly. I mean, maybe we will eventually, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think just trusting in those promises is really nice. Amen. Amen. Do you have any final thoughts for anybody who may be listening, who um, is feeling down in the, when they're uh, single or just anybody in general? And also how, how can we as married people um, help or what can we do not to feel or not for a single person to feel like we're setting them up or anything of that nature, but how can we be beneficial in a good way? Yeah. I think for single people, something that really helped me is just thinking about what would my life need to look like so that I didn't care if I was single or if I was married Mm -hmm. and starting to think about, you know, what dreams or hobbies or, you know, volunteer opportunities, things like that, were really important to me and might be, you know, some dreams that God placed on my heart to start pursuing. Mm -hmm. And one of mine was writing this book. So what I found is that when I went home every night after work around the weekends and was working on this, I didn't care if I was single. I didn't care that I wasn't married. All I cared about was I am doing this thing that makes me feel like I'm coming alive and I'm doing it to try to help people and all sorts of things like that. And as I focused more on that, it really took the focus off of me and me feeling bad about my circumstances and all of those things. So I think it's important just to think like, what would your life need to look like so that you 
didn't care if you were married or not like sure maybe you'll have this blessing or that but you're so excited about what you're doing every day that that doesn't matter and I think just taking small steps whether it's like 20 minutes of going home and writing or talking to this person or doing that to figure out something with it is going to be really beneficial to you know slowly start moving toward what that life could be so Mm -hmm. I think that's really helpful for single people um, because when you're focusing on those dreams or maybe you're volunteering to help other people you're thinking more about their problems their issues than your own Uh, Then the other thing for people who are married who are trying to help single people, yeah, I think it's good to not just constantly be asking about their relationship status or setting them up. I think instead what you can do is you can ask them about, you know, what are their dreams? What are they learning? What are they pursuing? What are they excited about? And talk about those things because that really helps to take the emphasis off of the relationship. Because if you're Mm -hmm. constantly asking about a relationship, it makes it seem like that's the important thing in their life. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're asking about, hey, you know, what thing are you pursuing? And you keep asking about it and checking in on it and things like that. That really helps uplift you know in singleness what you're trying to do I know for me writing my book I had a married couple that was so helpful and so encouraging and all of the steps I took and they're the ones that were with me in every step you know saying how is this going how can we help you know how Mm -hmm. can we encourage you and that was just so life-giving to me and so encouraging and that made me feel like nothing is wrong with me (laughs) because I'm single Mm -hmm. it made me feel like yeah I I'm a person who you know has a purpose and I have things that I'm doing and these matter despite the fact that I'm single it doesn't matter at all so I think yeah just paying attention to to their lives a lot and focusing on what they're trying to do and pursue or even just following up with them of how the presentation go or the meeting things like that are are really really helpful absolutely absolutely and where can people find you they can find me at hannahshimmerhorn.com. Um, and if they can't spell that because it's a lot of letters, then I also have Instagram and Facebook. So that is only a single life that they can find me on both Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. And Hannah, you've been so encouraging today. And I have loved talking with you and good luck with your book. And you guys go on out and go get this book. So even if you're married, go get this book and take it in. So thank you again so much, Hannah, for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. And hey, guys, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.